coming through the airways from Spokane, Washington. It's the Queer Centric Podcast with your host, Queerly Johnny. Well, hello, everyone. It is your favorite host, Johnny, and we're back on the mics at Lunarium. You guys had such a great response to when we were here last time with comedian Jared Lyons Wolf. And we thought, why not do it again? First of all, the people here are amazing, so I just want to give a shout out for that. It is Spokane's only late night tea house and coffee shop. They do have coffee, as I have Vietnamese coffee right there, but they also have delicious tea, who my co-host today. What's it called? Moon? I almost said moonshine. Moonlight Silver. So, werewolf, we decided. Exactly. You can kill a werewolf. And so, okay, so let's start, first of all, Jeremy Whittington, please tell you, our people who they're looking at. Hello, Supermodel. our people. Supermodel, yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, well, my name is Jeremy Whittington. Mm-hmm. I am the artistic director at Stage Left Theater. Uh, I'm also the board chair of Odyssey Youth Movement here in town. Yeah. Um, and uh, a local artist, uh, actor, uh, teacher. Uh, set designer. Uh, yeah, design. What don't you do? Um... I don't do hair. My oh. friend Troy and Freddie do See? my hair. Yeah. Wait, so you have to I have friends for that. supplement exactly. our lives. Right. If it wasn't for Troy or Abby Crawford, then sure, I wouldn't have yeah. my hair done. Absolutely. It'd be way down here. Whatever's <laughs> left of it at this, at this beautiful age that we are. Thank you for coming on. Oh my gosh, so, thanks for having me. You, I was talking to a friend this morning, and we talk about uh, how there are certain people in our, our lives that are in periphery. And especially if there's someone that they're in periphery, if you if you always known of them, uh, you respect the work they do. But for some reason, never connected. Absolutely. Yes. And then you were You're at, my periphery partner. See, periphery yeah. partners. Oh. Coming, that's our new business coming to you ne- next month. Um, <laughs> you were at an event I, I was lucky enough to be that they let me on stage. And every single time I emcee an event, that's how I feel. Oh, you're letting, this is, I feel very lucky and humble and I'm always surprised when people like oh well you're so good at it you were there I was there I saw you and I'm like well here's my shot I'm gonna go say hi (laughs) because I haven't been able first of all you are very busy um stage blessed with a full life yes which is beautiful uh full and creative which I I, think is a big deal sure yes I well (laughs) I gave up the word busy in 2006 I like this yeah it's had such a negative connotation when people would ask me um do you have time to do this? When can we do this? And I, for the life of me, for so long, I was always responding with, I'm just so busy. I'm too busy. Right. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm a really busy person. And I was yeah. like, wow, that gives me internal, internalized kind of anxiety about yeah. my life. So in 2006, my New Year's resolution, which I haven't made many in my life ever, but I kept this yeah. one, was to rid myself of the word busy and to I instead say, it. I am blessed with a full life. I think that's amazing. You know? Yeah. So my, my schedule happens to be full. Exactly. How cool is that? And that is amazing. Yeah. It was in, let me, for me, it was, I'm trying to remember what year it is today. Okay. So to me, it was 2018. And I would keep saying to people or my dog, or it didn't matter what it was, I would say, uh, I'm too busy. We're too busy for that. You know, I don't have time for that. The I don't have time, what oh, I realized interesting. is I believe there's power in words. I've always Agreed. loved Same. words. Yeah. I find words powerful, and I also think they have this ability to create uh, things in the world around us. 100%. I I was like, I can't do this. I'm no longer going to say to the things I love, I don't have time for this, because then I'm going to create a world where I don't have time. This is fabulous to hear. I love this. So I love that you did that same thing. And I, I really, I try to use everything that I do to remind people that we can create 
a world that that we want. Life is choose your own adventure. What adventure do you choose? Absolutely. Uh, we all have parameters, but it's all in how you see them. You know what I mean? The only limits are the limits you place on yourself. So that is one of them. Time is Agreed. a construct. What are we going to do about it? So, okay, so tell me the phrase you use again. You say, I am blessed. I am blessed with a full life. Or um, I'm happy to have a full day today or a full week this week. But when can we schedule you in? You know, so I love yeah. that, especially because first of all, I, I run by the belief is we don't know how long we're here, and I don't know what happens after. So if we don't come back, I want to make the most of the joy that I 100%. have in this. Yeah, so I love it. See, I knew there was a reason and, and, years ago. You know, when we're starting with, uh, if you're in that mindset, you're starting with a air of gratitude about you for your day, for your yes. week, for yeah. your schedule, even. So important. So. uh I do another little project called Mindful Mondays, and it's just eight minutes with a, a counselor that I adore that uh, has been around, and we, I want to give tools. I want to share tools. Like, this is how we all go through the spiral. Everybody's got some anxiety. How can we bring it back? How can we remember those things that we're, we're sure. happy for? Yeah. How can we reconnect and center? Because we don't live in a culture that uh, helps us do that. No, we do right? not. Yeah. So it's up to us yeah. to do those things. And I think creative people really have to watch that because we're sensitive we're connected our energy is all out there so it's easy to get to get lost and creative everybody deserves to be creative and creative people deserve to be free oh i love so, that you know what i mean yes. so there you go so uh we are here jeremy is my co-host today kurt will tell you how perfect he is and i agree but also hi so that's all we're saying. But what's so great about Lunarium is, first of all, we want to we want to encourage you all to please um, look up Lunarium's website. Find out if you need a late night coffee shop. It's not just for the college kids, uh, but it can be. Show up and support these local businesses that are all around us doing this. And so they've been lovely enough to uh, let us sample their wares, as they they yes. say. So Vietnamese coffee. Moon, moonlight silver. Moonlight I silver. I'm that right. I always want to say moonshine, probably because uh, that's a problem. <laughs> so, um, but moonlight silver. And so, tell me what it, what is that? What is that? A zing? What is it doing um, to you? No, it's real smooth. I would say um, hints of honey. Um, I would say this is a calming tea. I like a, a tea that's going to make me not too verbose right. for this show <laughs> right well i i've met you long enough that that's not that's gonna be it's just good, us it's probably gonna we be a are problem. just verbose we are but also it's great for this time you've been working all day speaking of your creativity yes. you help with not just one theater stage left we love uh but you were over in cordeline where were you yeah um i'm helping with the fundraiser um for lake city playhouse they're putting on matilda the musical at the croc center on, that's amazing. Uh, they open October 20th and run for two weekends. That's, um, that's the theater that got me back into the arts. Oh, Lake wow. Lake City Playhouse, yeah. I was there one, at one point in my life. The great, uh, sadly past Lance Bass had, oh. not Lance Bass, that's from um, NSYNC. Bassett. Uh, Lance Bassett no. had convinced me to go do a nonsense uh, oh, part, which gosh, I would have loved, but fun. it was just, a, it was unfortunately a lot at that time. I loved working with Lance. Uh, I got to work when he did the revival at that time of um, Rocky Horror. And, uh, Lance and directed so, me in uh, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee there oh, at Lake City Playhouse. And Lake City is so nice. I was So I was able to go to rehearsals there. Sadly, I never hit the stage, but such a great uh, uh, 
asset for that community. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And honestly, we're not that far. So if you're in Spokane, it's not that big of a trek. No, it's 30 it's minutes. Worth it. 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, great little art house. Oh, so much um, when I saw Jesus Christ Superstar there. I designed that. That was the last show I designed there Are before I took off. Yeah. It was yeah. beautiful. Thank Absolutely you. beautiful. Everybody did such a beautiful job. This is, okay, so this, we are going to get to this. Everybody knows when I'm on a show, we just go everywhere. Uh, so we're just down for the ride. Sure. Um, but what I love about, especially about stage left even, I love people who are so creative and so good at what they do that they can take a small black box in the in stage left and make it, first of all, you never even think about it when you're in there seeing a show. Never. Because everything is always designed so well. Small stages don't matter. Agreed. What you design and put on that stage is everything. 100 you know I mean? and you know small stages are my favorite i've worked yeah. in very very large theaters and designed for theaters lots of lots of theaters oh sure and the something about the intimacy of it i think too when the stories that. are being told on stage yeah. and i love the wow factor when someone walks into a space and they're like oh, you exactly. just did sweeney todd in a exactly. 19 by 24 foot space yes. yeah and yet wouldn't feel you, i just that's the joy of theater, that suspension. We talk about suspension of disbelief. Th that feeling, if you don't know, is you forgot the whole time where you're at, how small it is. It is this uh, camaraderie between everybody who's there together watching Absolutely. a beautiful show, yeah. which is, I tell everybody who, who talks to me about uh, wanting to get in film and stuff, do it, you get in film. But I'm telling you the smartest thing you'll ever do is cut your teeth on live theater. There is I nothing like that. it, mm -hmm. and it will give you tools that you can take to whatever you're going to do that you won't get anywhere else. You won't. No. Yeah, it's and that's what's fascinating. The interpersonal skills that you develop when you're in a cast or a crew right. or backstage. The or live wire of, of live theater. Absolutely. The someone dropped a page of lines, <laughs> and you find your way together. And we, <laughs> we have to mention that one thing that they forgot, so how do we weave yes, that back exactly. into our storyline? Yes. Yeah, and that's the joy of theater. But at the same time... Um, just seeing the creations that come across. Um, we were talking before, stage left, have, stage left has one playing right now. We do. Yeah, Minimum Wage. Minimum Wage by David Bullis, who is our resident artist. I love, uh, see they have resident artists. This is, <laughs> these are the things that excite me. Um, it's running through the 22nd, I believe. It runs through the 22nd. And uh, this weekend there are actually no shows. Um, one of our cast members caught COVID, so we had to cancel oh, this no. entire weekend. So we've added um, two performances. We've added a Saturday 2 o'clock matinee this coming Saturday on the 21st and a 7 p.m. show on Sunday the 22nd. So that That's will actually so be nice. our closing show. Oh, so, and they're filling up quick because we were almost sold out already. Right? Yeah. And it's I've heard nothing but amazing things. Also, uh, COVID isn't dead. Isn't it surprising? We're it's always so, so shocked. I know. We're always, I have a coworker, and I'm like, yeah, this happens. Now, did you ever have it? I did. I had it last September. Um, for the entire run of one of our shows, admissions. So and it kicks your it kicks ass. Like yeah, yeah. It's, I got it's it rough. crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's rough. Now, I only know because I've been lucky, and I know that's going to change because eventually it has to because it's not going anywhere. But I've been lucky and I haven't had it this whole time. But I've known many wonderful people, including family members, and what it does to them. I'm like, please no. I'm, I have a delicate flower, and <laughs> that could destroy me. But it's a lot. And so when you're doing live things, live theater, live, these are the things, those are the other things you learn. How do you pivot? Right. I say pivot is a life skill. It is. You know, sometimes something's going to happen. You're going to need to pivot and you, you might need to pivot fast. You know, when, um, when I took over stage left, I took over December of 2019 wow. and, uh, designed two shows. We were in the middle of, um, 
rehearsals for our third show and COVID hit. Oh and we immediately shifted to an online presence where we um, got the rights to do a whole bunch of one-person shows. So it would be the director, the actor, a stage manager, and a videographer spaced socially wow. distanced in the theater. And we would record them. And we had um, viewership in Argentina, New Zealand, Belgium, all over the world. I have no all doubt. over the world. Because all of us were also captive. So we, we, were, needed. Yeah, we needed some fresh something. Exactly. You know? And of course, it's not the same thing as live theater. You know, you, I heard right. that from so many people. Like, well, well no that's kidding. not live theater. I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> yeah, we're where are lockdown. you going to live theater? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where are you doing that? <laughs> right. Yeah, I tell the story. I was in L.A. when it hit. And I was, I had just cast a show that I had written. And we had had 7,000 people audition. And we were a week away from being on location, and then everything shut down. And of course, in the beginning, none of us knew what was going to happen or what it was. And so we pivoted, and until we could get into a studio and shoot it, we shot what I call an example. Uh, 60 episodes, we rewrote everything, and we did it all through Zoom as if these characters were in Zoom. Because I'm like, actors, you get them when you get them. So we're going to figure out how to do this together. And then it just allows you, we used it to allow us to understand the characters more and it could make it better, but pivot. You have no, or you can go cry in the closet and just, you know what I mean? It's one or the other. It's yeah, yeah. the options are. So as you know, as you're used to uh, with your host, Johnny, I like to go where the conversation takes us and I'm way more interested in a good conversation than about really anything else. But I try to give you some structure. So before we move forward, we have said that we are going to taste test Oh, some yes, things, right. mm. and um, I only un- I only remember one and a half of what these are. <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> okay, this is the Mexican hot chocolate, that's right? The one you remember, yes. Yeah. Well, that's because it's chocolate uh-huh. in it, and yep. so we are going to tell you how delicious they are. But you made a comment before where you're like, "Well, what happens if they're not?" <laughs> Which, of course, you know they all are. Absolutely. But at the same time, <laughs> we don't know. All right. So we are going to try. But I love a good Mexican hot chocolate. There's so a little bit of a spice. A little cayenne. You know? Mmm. Look at me eat on camera. <laughs> Actually, that was really good. I would eat that. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Because it's... It's the back note where you little zing in that. the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great marshmallow, too. Like oh. Chewy. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. This is the gluten-free one, by the way. Oh, yeah. This is gluten-free. Proof that if it's gluten-free, it doesn't mean it's not delicious. And most of the products here, she said, are yeah, gluten-friendly, Yeah, gluten-friendly, right? mm-hmm. which also is a new term to me that mm-hmm. I absolutely love. This is delicious. I'm gluten-friendly. So, you know. It I'm very friendly to glu- gluten. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> we are besties. Mm-hmm. We are really close. So that's actually good. So that's, and I'll probably end up eating the rest of it. Eating on camera. People, you better be nice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I love you all. Now, there is a lemon... Is it a lemon zinger or something like that? A lemon zing zest cookie, I think. Yeah. And so this we. Is not this is not. This is the one thing we have that is not. It's very All at Lunarium. It is. <laughs> we both did this. <laughs> it's, it's very, very light. light. Can you see how light this is? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Are you a lemon mm. dude? Mm-hmm, I am. Okay, so yeah. So is my husband. He's I... all tart. See? No sweet. You just called your husband a tart. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's lovely. But I mean, that is not bad at Even all. Even the flavor's light. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, yeah, it's just like a little note. I like it. Now this yeah. is your new. This is uh, Martha Stewart's cooking show. <laughs> um, that's really good though. This a looks amazing, but I don't know what it is. On top. <laughs> I want to do Martha's cooking show with Snoop Dogg. 
That's the one I want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this one is a tart. I remember that much. Hair and walnut tarts. Oh, see, he has a much better memory than I do. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It's just about food. <laughs> when I hear what I'm about food. to put in my mouth, I want to know exactly what it is. I, yeah, this is true. Well, I should, mm. but it doesn't always happen. <laughs> okay. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that is a lot. We both found that the pear comes off Come, very easily. Yes, and there's a lot of the pear. Mm. I, it wasn't pieces, just a big thing. That actually is really good. Really good. And they make them all here. That crust is crunchy but light. and I love a good pear. But you know too. how they can get soggy and icky they if do. you bake them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything that I and bake that in the kitchen. And that can happen with the crust, too, but this yeah. not That's really this crust. So you can get them at Lunarium. So remember that. Um, and then I love, this is the problem, anxiety and add uh, caffeine to it. Mm. I do it every day. Not smart, but I do it anyways. Me too. And a good Vietnamese coffee kicks your butt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Mm-mm. Okay, so please, we love the people here, so please support them. I want to get to, the conversation that I want to have is one that people know that I love, which is, I was talking to a person this morning, have you ever done the artist way, Julie Cameron? I have. Me too. Years and years Lovely. ago, right? Years ago. Beautiful. It's reconnecting to your artistic mm-hmm. self, mm-hmm. to finding your creativity. And one of the things she talks about in there is being a shadow artist. A lot of us want to be in the, you know, whatever chosen field of creativity you are. And maybe, maybe we choose to do a wonderful podcast. Um, but you surround yourself, with, which is great. And I always say surround yourself with the people you want to be. Um, do that, but it's this idea of how do we take ourselves from out here being, you know, orbiting the creative and trusting yourself enough mm. to find it. I'm curious in your journey, because you, you know, been here a while like I have, when did it come, has it always been your whole life is creativity, your career can be creativity, or was it a journey to get there? Wow. Um, you know, my artistic side was nourished at a very young age. Um, I grew up in Anaheim, California, and my grandparents were big in the theater scene there. Nice. And so they would take me at four, five, and six years old to audition in Hollywood for the New Little Rascals or for the Charmin commercials. I auditioned for so so many commercials, and I was not a cute kid. (laughs) I was not. Um, I had some funky teeth and <laughs> some chubby issues and some hair stuff going on. But I'm here to say there's God. no such thing as a chubby issue. No. Never. Oh, I love that. Well, I didn't say it was a bad issue. Right, exactly. Um, but for Hollywood in the 70s. Right, well, you know, for Hollywood now. Specific, yeah, they wanted that specific look. Anyway, um, so I started drawing at a young age, and um, any chance I got in high school, I'd, you know, I'd, I had a pretty easy time at school intellectually right. so I would finish my test early and I'd draw comics on the backs of the nice. test for my teachers yeah and uh, some of them liked it and some of them didn't um, <laughs> but anytime I'd have a book report I'd, I'd can I do a get on a graphic novel I <laughs> love like, that like wow yeah. that's not really literature I'm like no it is I oh, learned most yeah. of my vocabulary from this <laughs> exactly yeah I remember I like, learning uh, cornucopia from a graphic novel and, and tesseract and these are at a young oh, age yeah. and I'm like oh mm-hmm. I can use words yeah, Listen, anyway. we disrespect the graphic novel they don't even know. I know. Yeah, for real. So um, I would say I was very artistic from a young age. Um, uh, my father was a traveling minister, and I was always in small little towns from the south, far deep south, Hobson, yeah. Alabama, to Sugar Grove, Ohio. I mean, that was my wow. my 
age six to right. eighteen was traveling in these small little mission yeah churches. And uh, I always think that church has a lot of theater to it. There's just a lot. You know what I mean? There is. I mean, yeah, so absolutely. it's a good training ground. It, it, it was a very good training ground. Um, I went to school at Ohio University. I had a full ride scholarship for theater. Um, my freshman year, I met my very first boyfriend ever, Vic wow. Schonk. Uh, he's a big designer up in Michigan now. Wow. Um, yeah, and they, we were casting uh, Greater Tuna. Oh, oh, wow. And I told my dad, because yeah. of his pulpit theatrics, I yes. said, and his sense of humor, I said, you should audition for this show. And he's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. So my dad was in my first production that I was behind the scenes at that's in crazy. Greater Tuna playing all these different roles. I was going to say, and that's a larger than life Oh, it uh, is. Production. Dark comedy. They, the men play all the women. And right? It, it was, we became wow. best friends during that process, my that's dad and I. Amazing. And I came out during that process. So wow. it was a very interesting time for, yeah. for that and relationship. he is very, I, listen, I stalk all my guests. Yeah. And I know <laughs> he has been so lovely with you and you're married now yeah. and wanting to meet your yeah. husband. That, was it always that when you were growing up and coming out? Um, no, um, my, when he, I told my, came out to my mom first, we yeah. would, my mom was a banker and I'd have lunch with her all the time because I was obsessed with my mother. She was, yeah. you know, she's since passed, but we were best friends and, wow. um, every once in a while she just out of the blue, are you gay? Yeah. Because she had had a best friend who was gay. Um, wow. Yeah. Jerry Vegsecki. He ended up dying of AIDS. This was in 1990. Wow, so um, just at that. And yeah. so she had this preconceived notion about what being gay was going to mean if her yeah. son was gay. Yeah. And finally I did when she asked me one time. We were at the Sizzler in Lancaster, <laughs> Ohio. As you do. Mm. As you do. Yes. And uh, she goes, are you gay? And I said, I don't know. I just met Vic, you know. And and uh, she goes, oh, no. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, it was rough. And I told her not to tell my dad. And she told my dad, of course. Oh, and yeah. I was at Vic's and they told me not to come home. Like, it was a little rough. Yeah. But the next morning at 6 a.m., my dad showed up at Vic's house and picked me up. And he said, I want you to know that I feel so bad if you ever for a moment felt that I didn't 100% oh. love you unconditionally. That I is know. beautiful. So I had one day of trauma right, in right. my coming out story. That's hope. A lot of people write, uh, yeah. write in letters and yeah. want to ask if there's... Beca because... Uh, you're an older gay man. I always get that, which is fine. And so they want to know, yeah. is there hope? Is telling Absolutely. My yeah. that's, that's, so that's my, a beautiful story. Yeah, and that's my Southern Baptist minister dad, you know. I and and, um, and we became quick friends. There was wow. just an openness after that. Yeah. That, that um, we didn't have to agree with each other on politics or right. religion or anything. Right. And we could respect each other and love each other still through oh. all of that. So. It That's amazing. Of, it opened up a lot of worlds for me of, yeah. of other acceptance of other people, too. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. I always said that is way different than um, my story. I always so me. I love my my mom and my dad. My dad has since passed, but uh, love them. We made it through. But my favorite story is that my dad said to me, I have faith that the first time you have sex with a man, you will throw up. And I remember the first time I wanted to call my dad and be like, I did it. I did not. And in my fact, it was great. Yeah, my partner was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> like, but you know, we all go through our own journeys, and even our parents go through their yeah, own journeys. Sure. And you hope that in the end, we find the love yeah. that we need. You know, in Spokane right now, we're going through with Odyssey um, being hit again by hate. Um, so we go through that, and our kids need. To feel safe and supported and celebrated. 100%. And we need to celebrate ourselves because I don't think we do that enough. So glad that there are people out there, first of all, with good stories. Second of all, that are involved in those 
organizations sure. to be like, listen, I'm here. I'm going to put some love out there. I'm going to put, and that, that is amazing. So you, you had this really nice supportive way up. So did you go to school to do what you do today? Uh, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do in terms of theater. I actually got involved with it because my first boyfriend was in theater. He Not, was a, I mean, as we do. And I was like, I'm going to be a theater person <laughs> too. Um, and, you know, the middle of my junior year, I discovered the gay bars and partying and drugs. And right. um, I dropped out of college to be a party animal. And I stayed that way for a couple of decades. Um, wow. Yeah, I got really, really bad. Um, you know, I went from one drug to the next until I was a homeless meth addict. Wow, you are kidding. Yeah. I Because in reading your story, there's a mention of a date, and it's just like a, a line oh, in yes, a sure. thing. And so I'm fascinated by this. And you talk about getting clean and sober in 2009. I did. Um, but I had no idea where it was coming from. So that, I like to think, so nowhere near as long as that. But it does tend to take over everything. You know what I mean? Does, take over yeah, yeah. life, personality. Just take it over. For me, it was for hiding. You know, it was the... Sure. It was a, so what was it for you, and what was the moment where you're like, okay? Yeah, I think for me it was that escape from internalized shame, internalized homophobia, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. It, it allowed me, if you will, to be uh, this alternate personality of... Yeah. Um, outgoingness and um, it allowed me to explore things that I wanted to explore without fear of retribution Um, and then you know I I always I was taught that when you become an addict you kind of cross this invisible line and you don't really know when that was you know because for a while it was really fun for a long while it was really fun it doesn't hit that no absolutely I have have some great stories about the times that I had too that's why Um, youth is fun and also not (laughs) yeah and and once I crossed that invisible line there was really no going back for me and it did take over everything you know I was uh, fortunate enough that I I'm pretty employable and and I was an actor so I could act my way into just about anything yes um but yeah there were those decades there was no creativity in my life none zero I I would start drawings and not finish them and and be sad about that and um and I had no stability at all yeah um I think it, it really what changed for me, and I'll make this quick, um, but in February of 2009, I was sitting across the table at Sukiyaki. Oh, yeah, yeah. Coked out of my mind, yeah. drinking a whole bunch, and they had already shut down, but since I tipped really well, I could stay right. as long as I wanted, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was sitting with my best friend, Jesse, and he paused, and he goes, I think I'm an alcoholic. I said, wow. I think I am, too. Wow. He goes, we should, we should quit. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And he goes, let's quit tomorrow. And he went to shake my hand. I was like, no, not tomorrow. Right, right. Let's, <laughs> oh, my God. Let's, let's, let's talk be realistic. about this. Yeah. I said, I need a first of a month to do this right. <laughs> you know, because I'd quit smoking cigarettes. Which oh, wow. Yeah. was harder than it's anything, own, honestly. Yeah. Really, it was harder than anything. Um, so we agreed that we would quit on March 1st. And, and we did. And I, I wasn't going to quit smoking pot, so I didn't. Right. Um, and then on March 9th, I... So it was March 17th, 2009 is my sobriety yeah. day. But on March 9th, I woke up in a puddle of puke. And I had spent $300 on booze the night before and don't even remember. Oh, Because wow. I'd run out of weed. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and right? I, and I, mean, I was like, I have to go to I was like, I guess I 
I have a problem with all of this. Yeah. So I had to make that decision to. Not easy. No. Not easy. You're talking about cigarettes. All of it. All of Not it. Not easy no. to change. Listen, and I can also add I hid in food then. Oh I gosh, hid. I'm and there now. Right? I'm there in food There's now. There's a comfort. There's a comfort. It. And right. it's. It's funny because I think anything can be an addiction because it's more about the frame of your mind. It and really, what you're you know, doing. it's about changing the way I feel about something. Yeah. And drugs, alcohol, sugar, yeah, oh. gambling, sex, all of these things, yeah. right? All of these things can so change true. how I'm feeling either about myself or about exactly. the world. Yeah. And until I got to a point, it took a little while after I quit, you know, yeah. all that to be comfortable with who I am as myself. Right. And then things got easier yeah and did you find the creativity tend to trickle back in yeah you know what that was one of the scariest things is i thought i was not going to be funny anymore i was never going to have sex again because i was always having sex on all these things um and i'm not going to be creative because all my creative stuff sparked from from you know all of these mind-altering substances because we convince ourselves that our creativity is not innate no it's linked to something yes yeah and we don't that's part of the celebrating self that i'm always push I love which that. Is, we need to remember no you and you're allowed to say i love this i'm good at this this is what i do and it not be connected to whatever outside that 100 i agree that's insanity so yeah. the creativity starts trickling back in it did yeah and you do you so is it it's never as easy as and then overnight everything was perfect <laughs> so a little actually a little bit of overnight so yeah. when i was about a year sober i decided to go back to college and i thought well i'm artistic I need something marketable. So I went back to college for uh, design, uh, graphic design. And uh, summa cum laude, 4.0. I was like putting my all into it. I was managing wow. Tomato Street restaurants at the time. Oh, nice. Um, I and ate I'd there been a with, lot. Yeah. And I'd been with that company for years. The, the owner yeah. had seen me through my very worst wow. and my very best and um, was so supportive. Um, and right when I was about to graduate um, with my BFA in graphic design, I saw an ad in the Lake City Playhouse because I was out there in Coeur d'Alene nice, yeah. for Les Mis Ugh. auditions. Yes, that wow. I went in and watched Sweeney Todd there on their little yeah. stage, and I was just in awe. I signed up on their mailing list. Then I told the owner of the company, I was like, you know, I have really good assistant managers. I would really like to audition for Les Mis. It was the first yeah. thing I'd ever seen, you know, a big wow. musical. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I think you should do that. So I did, and I got eight little roles in the ensemble. Uh, my prisoner now was the first prisoner to walk on stage, look nice. down, look down, yes. and my prison number was my sobriety date. Oh, which, that's brilliant. Isn't that cool? That's the joy of creating. I know, I right? That. So yeah. it kind of did, there was a little bit of overnightness about it. Yeah. Um, the next show I auditioned for and got one of the leads, and um, during that time, the artistic director said, hey, I heard you're an artist. I was like, yeah, can I draw you a comic book or design you a logo? He goes, no, I need you to paint a set in Spokane. Oh, wow. I was like, I don't know how to paint. He right. goes, I've seen your artwork. You do. You just never have picked up a brush. Right. So it's I just came a different over. medium. No, I'd come. I'd, I'd work at Tomato Street from 8 to 5. I'd go and do the show from 6 to 11. And I'd drive over to Spokane. And I'd paint until 3 in the morning. Oh, I did my that God. For three weeks, yeah. yeah. Oh, for a show called Boeing Boeing. Yeah. Uh, that's when you're thankful to be young. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I was 37. So, oh no. Yeah. That would, I, I would don't be know tired. how young I was. I, I was tired. tired. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I was so pumped just to have some That's sort of amazing. art, you know? Yeah. And then the reviews for the play, it was a lovely play. One of the best acted play I've seen ever. And um, my name was in the paper for how cool the set was. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh my God. Right. I'm associated with art publicly. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. such a transformative moment. And 
um, the artistic director said, I want you to be my resident designer. Just from that moment, I was like, wow, wow. exactly. That was, That's that was the feeling. Yeah. And then he told me what he could pay me. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, so I gave Tomato Street three months notice and um, wow. decided to throw myself into an art career for very little money. Did you ever imagine that you would be doing your career as the, it, it's such a broad expanding as you are now? Like getting no. to be the managing director. No, um, not at all. Wow. Because the other thing is Stage Left is known, and this is why I've always loved them. They are known to, they are really in the art for me. They will do politics. They will do, they don't shy away. No, from, we're, we're not afraid um, of much. And no, and that's what's, because to me, that's theater. To me, that's what theater should be. Mm-hmm. That is what uh, theater is about. Did you ever think you would be running that? kind of a organization no i didn't you know and i do have that left brain right brain kind of cohesion going on um i can run a business very well i I did it for years i did it while i was fucked up (laughs) right (laughs) yeah um but i have this artistic side too and so i think that um landing at stage left after kind of um having a career in the arts in different states around the country um, landing at stage left really allowed me to uh, have a full expression right. of who Jeremy is yeah. as a human. You know, right. I, I I like to organize things and have uh, and and have uh, control over money and balances. I, I'm very good with those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. But also, I need to express myself and create Sweeney Todd in a exactly. 19 foot space. You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I never would have imagined. I, I'm so blessed. I mean, I'm just right. And that this is it and that you get to express something I always ask uh, artists that do you think that your um, I think as an artist, probably everything about us influences and, you know, dictates our art. But do you think queerness also plays a part in that? Oh, 100 percent. I couldn't do the things that I do in my art without, for me, being an out queer man. Right. You know, Um I think that the insights that I've gained over the years as, as, as being, you know, gay, um, have allowed me to be fearless about certain things in my art. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you know, the two biggest emotions, my friend Michael tells us all the time and I love it. The two biggest emotions that we have as human beings are fear and love. That's oh, it. Yeah. Everything oh, stems yeah. from those two things. Exactly. And I find that when I lean into love, that things happen well. Yeah. And when I'm stifled by fear, and as recently as June, I went through a yeah. big bout of depression and it was all stemming from a lot of fear and anxiety in my life that I didn't yeah. realize that was what it was. Right. Um, but when I let that go and just lean into the love, whether it's the love of art or love of myself, love of yeah. my fellow human beings, yeah. love of the earth, love of That's whatever amazing. is bigger yeah. than us. Um, yeah. And, you know, my queerness also kind of um, shaped my view of my place in the world. Yeah. You know, especially coming from a, a kind of repressive exactly, yeah. uh, youth um, with a minister father who, um, you know, we were in the South, the deep South yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um, when I was starting to realize who I was. Yeah. Um, and so I draw superheroes 
and then I draw really kinky cartoons. Right? <laughs> I mean, just because there was it. no porn around, so I had to right. make my own. Yes, yeah. exactly. I know. This is yeah. true stuff. I understand this. Yeah, sure. And especially when you're, uh, in, uh, you know, Southern Baptist isn't known to be very open to us no. queers. True. Uh, you know, you have to find that we're always looking for ourselves, we're always looking for a piece of us. And so sometimes you have to create that piece. You know, literally, right in front of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. So I think that's that's amazing. I also find, uh, so creatives, and like I'm not just saying it's just creatives, but creative people do have a tendency to bury ourselves in anxiety and depression. Absolutely. I liked, I think, on a non-scientific, no-proof level, that it's because, I think I said this uh, before we went on the mics, it's because we are more open. I think creative people want to express things, so we are tend to be a little more raw. Um, right. And that can sometimes mean, but you know, that it, it's going to kick our ass, and that's hard. And so you, you have to watch yourself, because like you said, you didn't realize that this always, it happens to all of us. It does. Right? So I find it fascinating, and I, want, uh, I try to encourage people to recognize that that does happen, and what can you do to help yourself in those moments? And it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you good. There is no moral no. Uh, a- assumption or an assignment to that, uh, to have that feeling. The other thing that I find uh, fascinating in creativity is, is, and being queer, is we are constantly on a journey, constantly. And what's great is we just get better at going, okay, I need, I want to express this. And I think I like to say I just get uh, too tired to really like care a lot as I get older. So I just want to try things. But you, I need a nap. I thank you. My brother refuses to nap. I'm like, no, give me, give me a nap any day, any time of the day. But what I and and hopefully this is good to talk about. But you did a photo shoot with a friend of mine who I had uh, done some photos with, um, with you yourself, and also it was because you had engagement photos as well. Um, she's amazing, but uh, we were talking. She was telling me about how you weren't sure how you wanted to express yourself and that there was a moment of trepidation in the way that you chose, and yet the photos are stunning, absolutely stunning. Can you talk about, I mean, we're gay men, we've been out a while. Can you talk to me about uh, finding your way to say this is what I want to do in this? It's such a, photography is a creative thing. It's such a way to put something out there and you can't take it back. You know right, what I mean? Right. What was that journey? You know, we were talking a little bit before this on the mics, too. As gay men, especially growing up in the 80s, 90s, there was uh, certain uh, boxes that we were yeah. were put into uh, based on looks or right. occupation or monetary value or whatever. Right. You know, la- the labels that we wore. And those labels became our labels, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that... Uh, for me, it was this discovery of, you know, I'm gender nonconforming. Right. I, I'm, I'm male-bodied, and I call myself a man. Um, right. I use all pronouns. You can use any of them. Exactly. Um, and sometimes I wear dresses, and sometimes I wear a very masculine right. gear. Um, yeah. And sometimes I wear makeup, and sometimes I don't. And my fingernails might be painted while yes. I'm very masculine. or you know. Yeah. So I, I, it was a real journey for me, and that journey really started with... Um, the expressions of these young queer actors yes. working with them. I mean, yeah. this generation is, is um, uh, they're non-apologetic. Yeah, you know, exactly. they, are, they are who they are. Yes. And I have to give us props. We fought for their right oh, to do that. You know, yes. yeah. they don't, a lot of them don't know what, what right. that journey looked like as a society. Right. 
Um, you know, I lived through the AIDS epidemic. I yeah. lived through marching for all these different rights that now yep. a lot of them take for granted. But what right. they have given back to us, for yes. me, has been this sense of self-acceptance that yeah. I wasn't allowed to have. I didn't allow myself to have. Exactly. And so I get to express myself now creatively, create, creatively yeah. in the things I wear, exactly. um, how I want to talk, how yeah. I want to dress. Um, and can I tell you what I love that they're doing? Because like you were just saying, it's a, it's a give and take. And that's what I love. You know, they teach us, we, we give, and that's beautiful. That's it is what, beautiful. that's the circle. That's what life should be. Yeah. Um, but what's fascinating to me always is the rules we have put on ourselves for things that don't matter. Oh my gosh. How insane Arbitrary. is that? And us creative people should be the ones that are like, no, I'm going to do that. Like for, I'm going to work and I bought this great, uh, nail polish this year and it sparkles and I'm doing the eyeliner and the whole thing. And part of it is, well, why shouldn't I? I feel like I want to express something this way. Right. Um, why shouldn't we as creative people, first of all, begin what these fearless uh, younger people have already begun, which is to say, do you remember, do you understand that we decided what was man and what was woman? We decided what was appropriate to, it oh doesn't matter. Gosh. No, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter, matter at all. Right. And how does it make you less who you are by uh, just changing the way you see me? You know what I mean? It's so ridiculous. So that's, I think, why when I saw the pictures that came out, they were so, I thought they were beautiful. Absolutely Thank stunning. You. I do too. And I hope you have them and they're, you know what I mean? I do. They're such a beautiful, and I encourage anybody, um, uh, Beneath Your Beautiful Beneath is your the name beautiful, of yeah. the yeah. Uh, magazine that uh, she does. And it is, so you can find these. She shares them on there. Uh, it is absolutely, and it was nice to see this guy expressing who he was. You know, this was before we had had a conversation, any of it, but it was nice to have that because you know what it did for me? Mm. Let me tell you what it did for me. Mm. Then I had, um, I was going to do a live show. We hadn't done a live show in years. Okay. Do a live show. I uh, had a stylist because I wanted to look good. And he wanted me to try some non-binary uh, clothing. And I thought I'd never done this. But also, it was beautiful, yeah. what I was seeing. And I allowed that moment, but I had seen your pictures, and I remember thinking, why does it matter? And it is, I did it for a photo shoot the other day, or this summer. I did a photo shoot wearing this beautiful sweater and this big one. I looked like Stevie Nicks, and I loved yes! the way made of it, Oh, right? my God, that's great. And it was because I had never allowed myself that permission. And then it was that conversation. I saw yours, and I was like, why am I so... Uh, I think this is so amazing. Why am why is that a problem for me? Right, right. To do those same sure. things. And I think when we do creative things, we don't understand always, which I always say I hope I never fully understand what that does for someone else. Mm. If we had never met, mm. you would you would never know. That's and true. I guarantee that if one person, just little old me, then there's thirty other people. Oh, I love you know that. what I mean? But all you had to do was authentically be who you were. Yeah, that is beautiful. Thank you for that. Oh, and you for know, sure. and and what that does for us moving forward is it allows us to give permission to others to exactly. do that. Like there yeah. is something very special about um, how, especially in the queer community, but but even broader than that, yeah, um, this level of acceptance that we are um, giving people permission to be yes. who, who they are exactly. and accepting them immediately, giving that unconditional love that for yes. the longest time was 
defined in certain ways for us in our lives. And yeah. we get to give it to ourselves and then we get exactly. to return that to other people. And that is such a cool and that experience. that is what will change the world. 100%. That is, I think about the ugliness that is happening all around us and people don't know what to do. And you know what we do is like you were saying earlier, basically uh, step out in love. There you go. Love and fear. So choose love. That's right. I always say never lead from insecurity. Always find the love. Mm. Lead from there because we will always mess it up if because insecurity is fear. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we will so let's it's not always easy at all because that fear is hiding in there. But if we just choose to lead from love, if we choose to embrace ourselves with love, that's gonna change the world. And it feels like you're well, that's not doing anything. It's the only thing that ever has. It's you true. know what I mean? And you know, even you mentioned the um, the graffiti on the Odyssey yeah. happening three times in a row, and that is disturbing and it's hurtful and and all of those things. But I find myself asking myself, what fear do those people have? And it doesn't yeah. have to be. It might be you know internalized homophobia, whatever. Right. I'm not making right. a judgment call on that. Right. But there is something. There's yes. some sort of fear of the unknown or of right. the different or yeah. uh, something that is driving that passion yeah. in them. What is it about something that we all have something that just really grinds our gears and a lot of it can be, you know, legit. But what is it when I do, the first thing I want to do is ask myself why. Why is this bringing out this feeling in mm -hmm. me? And is it if we would all just self-reflect, like why why would we want to hurt someone else, which is what I see these graffitis and these acts on people that have nothing, they weren't doing anything to you. Yeah. What is it that hurts? Right. What is it that, and then that'll just make a lot of people mad, even more mad, and then they're, you know. But it's it's where I wish we would do, we, we can, I think we can be easily manipulated by, so always understand where the motive comes from. And maybe if we all choose to embrace each other, if we, I always say, people, you want to change the world, start local. Mm-hmm. Start with the world around you. Change right. that. World. Absolutely. You know, and then maybe, maybe we can see a bigger. But you don't need to worry about this. Please worry about this. Keep the ones around you safe. Keep the ones you love loved. You know what I mean. And then allow yourself to express, which is what you do just on a daily basis in your world. And you work on these amazing plays. And I'm sure some days it feels like work. And so it's easy to be like, oh maybe disconnect from the importance of the work that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, there are some days that feel like I have to do something, and then there yeah. are many days that feel like I get to do something. Yeah. And, and those you are... have, uh, you take beautiful little breaks with your husband. and do. Those are important as well. Oh, To celebrate crucial. what is. What is important that gives you the, you know, the drive to do those things. Yeah. Um, I say, they, everybody talks, you know, teases me, I'm a cheerleader and whatever, but I want to be that, and that is... I enjoy lifting others up because you're it really good at it. Up. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah. But I want everybody to believe. I want everybody to find the beauty because I remember. And I will tell you this as we wind down. Uh, I, when I was in Wenatchee, I worked at a little theater, and they did to be a director in that theater. You had to do a director's festival, so you take a one act. Sure. Um, I had two one acts that they let me direct. And one of them was called, uh, because I wanted to say, and it was about a young woman who was packing up the memories of her gay best friend who has passed away from AIDS. Ugh. And he is there as she's packing away, and so you wow. experience them. My parents were there, and I didn't tell them what my play was about, but it's a beautiful, 
play. I'm very proud. To the day I die, I will be so proud of that. I'm still friends with the actors. I loved it. My mom came out of the theater and she was crying. It's a hard story, sorry. Uh, She was crying. And it was in that moment I understood the power of art. Because before my mom remembered why she needs to hate this, it had snuck in. The art had snuck into her and she, she was moved, which you can't deny, which pissed her off. And, <laughs> but I loved And it was that moment. It was like, I've always loved art and creating, but this moment told me why it's important right. to create. And so I have a deep space in my heart for people who are in theater, but people who are any of the creative arts, I ask you, if you want to do it, reach out to people. Reach out to people in your community. Find out. Just ask questions. Get on a mailing list. That's yeah, what I did. Yeah, Changed my life. Changed the course of my life. Say hi to someone like Jeremy yeah. and just say hi. Just open yourself up to something maybe you haven't done before. You'll find where you're at. And, and that goes for wherever you are in life. It's true. Whatever it is. But we need to be a little more open and stop thinking, I can't be me. It's not me. Because there are things around us that are more powerful than we will ever be or understand. And so, but it's people like you who do it every day that create that. And we need more, you know? And that's why we do this show. That's why you go up on a stage. It's why you do anything, is to hopefully create a little beauty and to find that connection. And you offer that to people just in being part of the creation of these things we get to experience. Sure. You know, so. as, a, as a patron or a viewer of arts of any kind, yeah. there's that kind of level of engagement. Then there's the the part of me that gets to come out and explode, whether it's whether I'm drawing a comic strip or yes. whether I'm acting on stage or directing or whatever. Exactly. Whatever that creativity that is innately in all of us. Yeah. Because you might say, I'm not creative at all. Right. Bullshit. Exactly. Everyone is creative in some way. Yep. You might not have experienced what that outlet is yeah. for you, but when or you do, just Maybe let... you just don't understand the label you put on it. Oh, I you love that. I mean? So true. Yeah. Sometimes we are, but we've called it something else, so therefore it can't be. You know, my dad um, never considered himself an artist. I'm like, Dad, you take Civil War rifles and wow. reconstruct them See? and carve beautiful, intricate. You are an artist. Yes. And he has yes. since embraced that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we I need to. That. My dad was a writer and could never accept that he would be talented in that way. Mm. His son could be. He could allow that. Right. Oh, you're really great. Right. But he would write poetry, but he would hide it uh, because it wasn't good. And I'm like, no, we all have something we all should be allowed to be encouraged to. Yeah. yeah. And let it grow. You, I can't uh, stop yet because you mentioned you still draw. I do. Like, and uh, because I had gone on a website, I don't know how, how old the website was, but you still do comics. I do. Had, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell us, like, I want people to know, oh, this is like one of them. Tell me about one of them. And then where can people go see it? Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this. So, <laughs> <laughs> right when I got sober, they were doing these things down at Merlin's Comics called 24 um, Hour Comics Challenge. Oh and gosh. so, comic artists or aspiring ones would be locked in to the comic wow. store for 24 hours. That's crazy. And we'd sleep overnight or not sleep at all. Most of us right. didn't sleep at all. And we were tasked with creating a comic book. And so, I created the supermodels. Um, at the time I was addicted to, you know, America's Next Top Model. Right. And so, um, instead of Janice Dickinson, I had Dickie Janinson. <laughs> she was, she was the, the overlord of the evil Omega that models. That's right. <laughs> so model stands for mechanized 
organisms designed for exquisite living. That's brilliant. Uh, la- laser heels and um, oh wow, oh yeah, rocket heels and laser laser lipstick. So they were kind of like uh, and- that not Android new- Charlie's Angels. Yeah, it right? needs to be a new cartoon on absolutely. Netflix. Absolutely, yeah, I mean totally. Um, so my website is jeremycreates.com. I love um, this. I didn't want to limit myself to any kind of one creative right? thing because yeah. I like to do it all. You know exactly. Um, some better than others, and that doesn't matter. That's the whole thing about creativity, yeah. mm-hmm. is that it's okay to yes. not achieve a level that you think or anyone right. else thinks is right. important. Yes. It's just a, it's just getting it out of you, yeah. you know, getting a, and mine tend to come out in comic books. And that you'll see that, brilliant. you'll actually see this, um, we're doing Fun Home as our season yeah. opener in January, um, based on the graphic novel by yeah. Alison Bechtel. Yeah. And also, check out some graphic novels if you haven't. Oh my gosh, saying. there's some, yeah, there's yeah, some great, great stuff yeah. out there. Uh, ask around. People at bookstores will tell you what oh, great yeah. graphic novels oh, are. Yeah, yeah. But the whole set is going to be panels of graphic novel that everywhere. That is brilliant. Oh, it's going to be fun. Brilliant. See, and that's the that's the joy of creativity. That's what I love. I, uh, speaking of, you were saying it doesn't have to be good, bad, whatever. Yeah. You don't have to. Uh, my friend, I adore her, Lara Estaris, if you're watching. I uh, love this woman. She doesn't always consider herself an artist, and she is so much an artist, right? And in her office... Someone has brought in this pad, and it has a little uh, water well, and you, you like, draw whatever you want, and it goes away within 30 seconds of when you're done. Yes. And so, Laura's like, well, I, I need to prove that I've done something. But you don't. No, you, you need don't. to create and let it be part of the world. And I thought, I would, die. I would have a panic attack. But <laughs> I'm like, I love this idea. Create whatever it is. Doesn't have to be perfect. Doesn't have to be anything. And even if it is, it's it's not staying in this world long. You know, I think that's one of the things I love about a, a theater is it's so ephemeral, right? Oh, like yeah. it is here and then it's gone. And, yeah. And you can I know actors especially who get that post show depression oh. and like Everything. oh that was so wonderful yeah. and now I have nothing and, exactly and I'm like no on to the next thing like yeah. on to the next or thing. we all go through when you when you've been in the show you all go through that moment where I cannot do another show again uh, no and then afterwards like you said that horrible depression and then you forget like childbirth that you told yourself I would never do this and it is this <laughs> it is a this roller coaster, roller coaster. Mm-hmm. but there is nothing like sharing such an intense experience with a group of people. And I think that's what we miss. Yes. Uh, we miss the together, we did this, we that's created right. this. And I do love about theater, and once it's done, but those memories are crazy. They, they are. And they are always there. Yeah. And maybe it's okay if some things you can't capture exactly a second time. I think that's okay. But like you said, it doesn't mean there's something, not something else. That's right. Not something yeah. else you can do, create, and give the world. 100%. So. I have to tell you, I've wanted to talk to you. I had no idea that this was going to be so much fun. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. And that we could talk about this kind of stuff. Remember, it's important. Conversation is important. We don't do it anymore. That's right. We know I talk a lot. I get it. That's just part of who I am. But it's fun to exchange that energy. It is. And to talk about the things that I think matter. And to me, what matters, especially in a day and age when there's a lot of hate out there, it is creativity. It is the moments where something sneaks in and reaches your soul before you realize you were not supposed to supposed to let that oh, I reach love it. That. Yeah. That's what art is. It is. And so we need people like you in our communities. We need to appreciate the creative outlets that are in the community around you, whether you're in Spokane, whether you're in LA, wherever you are. 
and cherish them just like I, I like to cherish local businesses. It's oh my like, gosh, and we're surrounded by really, really great exactly. art right now. That is creative. So this cool. This is creativity. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It really is. In doing, opening this business, in like come down to Lunarium and look at the art that's on the walls. Uh, there's a lot of really special art that's here right now. This is what I want us to celebrate because in the end, it's more important than corporations. It's more important than the weird rules. You know what I mean? More important than politics. Way more important than politics. I, uh, I was talking to a friend and I said, you know, here's the thing. I want to create things always that are basically like, oh, the rule of society, fuck you. And then, you know what I mean? (laughs) I just want that. And just by being who we are, that's what it is. And being queer these days is like a big fuck you to everybody. For sure. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But thank you, my friend. Thank you for all the work you do. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on, You worked all day long, and then he's still here. So (laughs) there you go. So remember, everybody, you can catch our show every Tuesday at thequeercentric.com. You can catch this show as many times as you want at thequeercentric.com, at YouTube, at you can see it, audio or video, wherever you want to see it. Uh, we will be here in perpetuity. Cheers. There you go. Cheers. Thank you, friend. <laughs> Thank you. See you next time. One, two, three.